I was like, oh my God. I gotta send this to Doc. <laughs> please, please send it to me. Will do. They're the unsung heroes. Yeah, engineers. man. Shout out to all the engineers. Make sure you give your engineers their points. That's yeah. right. That's a good way to start it off. Give your engineers their points. Probably more interested in the fee. Yeah. yeah. Fee and the points. Give it to them both. Yeah. They really make y'all sound good. It's true. Trust yeah. me. If like, they're good. I like this yeah. podcast already. All right. <laughs> we'll dedicate this one to all the engineers out there. Okay. En Engineer Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> Shout out to them. And we are the Lawyers for Musicians, and this is the Lawyers for Musicians podcast. I'm Eddie Sanders. I'm Josh Kaplan. And making sure we sound sonically amazing is Don Julio in the back. Um, episode 21. I guess. We're legal now. We can drink. Blackjack. Blackjack. <laughs> Let's go to Vegas. Um, so before we get into this episode, I was searching through my emails, uh, looked through my mailbox, and I didn't find an invitation to this birthday party. Birthday party. Stop uh, it. Hey. <laughs> I was looking around. I'm on IG and yeah, I'm like. man, it's a COVID year. You can't invite everybody to a I'm birthday like, party. Just look at this. And then I see Chuck and Shorty K. And I'm Chuck like, lives there. So does Shorty. I'm like, oh, man. And he had an apron on. So I know he started cooking something. Dude, Chuck has got. Chuck may make more money as a chef than he does as a producer. That's what I'm talking That's what really hurt the heart. When I saw the apron on, I was like. I should have been around that. I mean, I can negotiate a fee to, to to have Chuck at your next barbecue. I'm with that. Okay. Cool, cool. Now, the one thing I will have to give you kudos on, I love your Midwest style around all those Hollywood people. <laughs> I got nothing else. <laughs> but it's but it's you, though, and it works. I'm like, everybody's trying to be Gucci down. Please. Josh is I like, was like, well, look, I, I flew to L.A. for a day, specifically for a birthday party. Had a couple other meetings and whatnot. But, like, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm... I'm bringing a backpack with me. Right. First of all, I don't have any fancy clothes. <laughs> Second of all, I'm not, yeah, I'm just. That's not uh, your Steve. not my Steve. I'm, I'm, I got a Grateful Dead sweatshirt on and, and a Twins hat. And I'm and good if, to go. Yeah, and if you changed up now, people will really look at you like, right? why, why are you have that I on? can't pull off like a, a full, like, uh, yeah, Gucci lion print <laughs> shorts. And, Great imagination. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I yeah. can't do it. I can't. I can't do that. The unbuttoned silk shirt, no, chains hanging man. isn't your vibe yet. I Somebody was asking me, like, when are you going to get your, uh, you know, your Jesus piece? And I was like, well, I'm Jewish. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, probably never. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to wear chains. You got to get a big ring, though. Big ring? A big, like, pinky ring. Yeah. You know? I don't know about that. Just as you grow into uncomfortable. this. Godfather of management <laughs> yeah, role, yeah. you have to have the huge ring, you know? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry I didn't invite you. I, I was not. It's, uh, it's, all, to, it's all good. We had to keep the, you know, there was a real, like, stress to keep the number under 40 people right. by law or we were going to get shut down. So it was outdoors. Uh, Turn the sound safe. effect awesome. up like negative. Well, I'm really good at uh, sneaking in the festival. So <laughs> <You are. laughs> next, time, next time you don't invite me, I'll just be showing up like cool. with a tray in my hand or something like <laughs> Awesome. So speaking of which, we got teams, you know? That's yeah. what you went out to LA for was team building, essentially. Yeah. Um, you play a role, a major role in a the development, the growth, and the acceleration of an artist. So I think we 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 touched on it a little bit and we were like, hey, we should talk about team building and what artists need for their team. Yeah. Right? Um we were still trying to get all the departments, but 
we're going to take it step by step almost. I think that's the best way to do it because a lot of times when you start out, one person is your entire team. And yeah. so they're wearing a lot of hats. And it's like, it, I, I keep talking about um, musicians just being startups because I work a lot with businesses, tech businesses, music tech businesses that are in the startup lane. You start with the founders. In our case, it's a musician. And then you build around that. What do you need, you know, to accelerate your career? What do you need to protect yourself? Those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, typically in music, the first person that an artist needs is is a manager, right? But like when you need the manager and what your expectations of the manager. That, I think that's where, that's where it gets cloudy. A, a yeah, there's bit, a like. disconnect. Because I can't tell you, and I'm sure you're the same way, how many times you've gotten emails or texts or DMs being like, yo, I got a new mixtape. I got this new album. I need, I need management. I favorite. need management to, to get me to where I'm at. Or I know I can do it. I just need a manager. Right. And I, if I read the whole email, it, you know, I'm not responding to it, but I'm um, almost automatically any email like that is just deleted because it's just wrong. If you think that a manager is going to get you to where you need to be and you don't have to do anything. Right. You know, it's not going to work. It's, it's not the, the approach you should be taking because the manager should be assisting the movement. Yeah. The movement should have already started for them to yeah. be pushing it. A manager know? needs something to manage. Right. Right. So just I like. I think that's it, the catchphrase we always use. Like, when right. do you need a manager when you have something to manage? It's right. Like, like, are you treating this? If, you, if this isn't your full-time job, you know, and this isn't how you make your living, why do you need a manager? Right. Until you get to the point where like, you're doing everything yourself, you're, you're recording, you're figuring everything out on your own. You really have an understanding of it. I would just zero it out. You don't, in my opinion, you don't need a manager. Right. When you've got to that point where it's like, all right, I put music out. People are starting to come to me, asking me to sign things, asking me to perform, asking me, you know, can I collaborate? You probably start to think, all right, I should have someone helping me. And, and managing my career that's now just starting. Right, because also starting off, I always like to look at it, making sure you know, as the artist, and this is, you say, your startup, running all those roles and understanding all those roles. So you should be handling everything by yourself so that when you start hiring people in, you have an understanding of how you want your organization to run. Exactly. So when how you're bringing people in, you're like, okay, I want you to manage this. This is how my organization runs. This is what I want you to do. As opposed to, jumping on with someone before you have your business established and now they're t typically or technically running your business for you now. Yeah. You have no control of what's really going on. You have no say really because you've never give, taken the time to learn what a manager really does. Yep. You're the CEO, right? right. And manager should be your COO, chief operating officer. They're operating the business. So a manager oftentimes is going to take a look at what the musician has and figure out who else do we need? Do we need other people right now? Do we need to, you know, get a lawyer? Do we need a business manager? Do we need publicists? Do we need those kind of things? Is there a budget for all of that? That's that's how a startup starts. You know, it's like with startup with a business, you got the founders, they're doing everything. There's some money coming in. Well, now we need someone to really run this, pay a salary to and 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 make it go. And that's usually a chief operating, chief revenue officer, something like that. So that's that's the way I see it with with a manager. There there are exceptions, obviously, to every rule. 
if you're some kid that just blew up, if you're Justin Bieber, you know, and you're 13 and playing the drums and making hits already and Usher finds you, you need a manager. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? If you have genuine interest from labels, yeah. Yeah. You're going to need a manager. Can we use the um, analogy of a baseball team with sure. the owner being the artist and then the manager, like how baseball, you really have a manager? Yeah who puts out the lineup, and that's their job is to make sure all those other nine players are doing what they're they're supposed to be doing. So if your business doesn't require nine players or you don't even have a team, then that manager really can't do much for you. Yeah. And I I mean, I think going back to the the emails that I erase, um, you know, or or ignore, it's like this misconception that like, oh, all right, well, these guys manage successful musicians. They can so, do it for me. so all I got to do is just get get with them, you know, and like that just is not the case. And if you look at like the super managers who they're working with, you look at Scooter, or you look at Sal or some of these guys, their rosters. There's no development artists on there. Those are only artists that are huge right. or they're about to be huge. So those guys aren't going to take anybody on that isn't already making X amount of dollars. They might even already have their own parameters where it's like, all right, unless you're grossing, you know, a million bucks, I'm not, I'm not working with you. Yeah. But they'll, and they, they may take you on, but then they won't work you. No, they have there's teams. junior manager that yeah. they're going to have look over your situation. Yeah. Cause they're the CEO of their management company. Right. And then right. they've got co-managers underneath and it's a whole thing. But as a starting out artist, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it just as much as I have where it's like your buddy's doing it, right? you know, or it's somebody in the band. If it's a band that's really taking over all that kind of stuff. And like, that's where you should be. You know, when you're just starting, you should be doing that. There's nothing wrong with getting advice from people. But like, you got to think about it this way. If you're an artist and you're not making any money and your manager's taking 20% commission and they're not making any money because you're not, well, what kind of what work are you going to get out of them? Right. You know, what kind of focus are you going to get from them? So do you think it's important to have an ally force first before you start looking for management, like just having people that support you and enjoy your music and just vouch for you and just yeah. speak for you, not necessarily coming in to work on your business, but just support what you got I think, going on. I think, you know, a perfect scenario, it's how you laid it out. It's a, an artist who really understands every segment, right? It's like they understand how to make the music, produce the music, release the music independently. They understand how to book a show they understand how to pay like those kind of things doesn't always happen that way there's a lot of creatives that don't want to deal with that and they just punt right or they just have somebody do it for them um but in a situation like that where you do really understand it you you have a product and the product is out and it's generating revenue that's where the manager can come in and help accelerate it right find more revenue uh streams for you yeah find additional talent that you may need surrounded around you. Well, I was talking about the Clubhouse app earlier. Yeah. So Omen, who signed with Dreamville, was on there talking. And essentially it was around teams and all that. He's like, one of the misconceptions is when I signed with Dreamville, people thought I was on or I Mm -hmm. was doing something. He's like, no, Dreamville is J. Cole's team. Like, they may assist us and get our music out and all that, but to make it out of that system, you still have to have your own team. Right. So not just even 
So when we go deeper into teams, understanding that when we're talking about team building, talking about the people for you as an artist, not yeah. the labels people, not someone else's team, your management, your lawyer, these things. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it, I, I mean, speaking from the experience that I have right now with Doja, we've got Sal, who is Sal and Co. manages the weekend, manages all. I mean, he's he's the guy, right? And he has a team of people. And so one of his guys, Gordon, who's been on the, the podcast, friend of the pod. Hey, hey, Gordon, you didn't follow me back yet on IG, but it's cool. <laughs> Gordon definitely doesn't <laughs> listen to this either. But anyway, Gordon is, is Sal's employee and works on the team, but then co-manages with us, with the people that originally started working with Doja, right? So it's Yeti and Lydia and I. So, so it's like, it works perfectly because she has us as sort of the original people. And then we knew that we needed somebody like Sal who can just, you know, get things done in LA and in Labelville. And, you know, it, he's right, the right. guy and it, and it works great. And he fights those battles. Yeah. And then when there's something maybe a little bit more personal, Most, she's, she's yeah, going to call yeah. you Olivia. He swoops to. in when he needs to. Right. right? And, right. and that's, that's exactly the role that we needed him to fill. And like, he's amazing. At it. He's the best there is at it. And so it, it works. But if I'm a new artist and I go to Sal and say, hey, you know, listen to my new song. Like, it's just not, it just doesn't work. Right. But if I bring Sal somebody that I'm working with that is doing well, but I need that extra oomph to get him over the, the hump, that will work. That's something that he would listen to. The same goes for me on a lower level, right? Like, if, right, right. if somebody comes to me and say, hey, I'm managing this kid, I need help. All right, I'll take a look. Like, where is it at? Do we have the resources to do it? Can I use the connections that I have to do it? But if it's just like, hey, I've got the SoundCloud that three people have listened to and I really need a manager, you don't. You know, you just you don't need, need it. You actually need to invest more time into your sound. And you need fans. Right? Like, that's <laughs> like, what I mean when I say invest yeah. in your sound. Like, perfecting your, your music before you worry about this over here. Now, not saying not worry about it because you still should be learning the business, but getting your sound is definitely important. Um, would you say the lawyer or the manager would come first or yeah, are we I, going, I, think I know it, we're talking about manager today, but I just want to yeah, have that question. I and, think that it depends, which right. is a very lawyer answer, right? But like it, pre-pandemic and you're touring, chances are there's a manager with you already, right? Like right. there's somebody just dealing with all of the BS that goes along with touring and making sure you're getting paid. When you're in today's world, if you're streaming really well and there's A&Rs are reaching out to you either on the publishing or the label side, you're getting good press write-ups on your own, you know, and then deals start coming where people are saying, hey, sign with me or, hey, I want to sign you to a production deal or whatever it is. You might need a lawyer first, you know, right, right. so it, it just sort of depends. And then you get hybrid people like us where it's like, all right, well, we can do both. So it it it, it just depends on where but where those. But that lawyer or manager is going to be one of the first. Yeah, I think it, I think they're one. It's that chicken and egg type thing. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that that the managers a lot of times will help find lawyers. You know, lawyers. It used to be lawyers were the ones that got the deals. Right. You know, you wanted a deal, you got to go sign with a big lawyer. It's going to take five percent off of you know whatever you make. Not so much that anymore. I mean, lawyers still definitely have connections and can can hook you up with things, but. 
managers are the ones that usually are negotiating, trying to find the deals, trying to find the opportunities, and then they need a lawyer to make sure that the paperwork is, right. is right. On our legal end, we just know what market value is because we, I know from my perspective, because if my buddy just finished a deal with New Balance uh-huh. and I have another guy coming doing a deal with New Balance, I'm like, all right, oh, they're going to give me 10K. And I'm wait a minute. Uh, we just finished one over here for yeah. 50. I don't think that's not giving away who that client was or anything like that, but just enough of those situations, you as the lawyer can understand what these brands or labels are giving out so you have that that perspective. Yeah. So I think it, I, I think that also speaks to like the, the type of manager you want. You know, a lot of times you'll see a manager who manages a rapper, then only other rappers are going to that manager, right? Because they're like, oh, well, this guy manages rap. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that if you look at like who we manage, it's, you know, we've got a, a Americana, we've got rock, we've got hip hop, we've got R&B. Like it wow. just depends on the talent. But I will say that like because of the success of Doja, I definitely have way more contacts in the pop world and I'm able to get brand partnerships. I'm able to to get those kind of deals that I'm I'm more familiar with and can negotiate better just because of all of the people coming to her. Right. So So that's that that leverage thing. It's for sure. Right. So it's like if I've got an artist like, you know, David Quinn who's Americana and country-ish, I can't go to the same people that I'm going to Doja, right? right? They, they just it's just the wrong, you know, I got to go to Nashville instead. So, you know, all of these things need to be... And a good manager has to know that because that's how you ruin your contacts sometimes. Absolutely. Just bringing them everything. And they're like, man, do you you even really know what you're doing? Or are you just like throwing darts at this wall right now? Yeah, and it's like producers, you know, producers that need management to set up sessions. You know, then you got to say, well, wait a second. Why isn't your publisher doing that for you? Or if you're unpublished, it kind of makes sense. All right, maybe a manager can help with that. But then the manager better be connected in that world. It's a different world. Like right, right. setting up writing sessions and producer sessions is not something that, you know, someone who manages, you know, a gospel band is going to know how to do. So you got to figure out who is the right fit for you. You obviously right. have to get along with them. You have to, it's just like hiring. You know, and you're hiring a COO of a company. You better make sure that person knows what they're doing. Yeah, and there are managers that work specifically with producers. Yes. We have uh, the homies L, L's and Cam. They manage just strictly producers. So yeah. if you as a producer, you can go to them. And if you're working with them, they're more likely to be able to put you in yeah. different writing sessions as opposed to a manager that, like you said, just is in the pop world or right. in the Americana world and doesn't really handle the songwriting side. They're looking for more branding opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it works yeah. like if you, once you get to a certain level as a, a manager and you've got a bunch of pop acts, it's much easier to represent producers because then you just pair the producers that you're managing with right, those right. pop acts but that doesn't always work and i mean i think my personal experience i was managing just producers for a while but it was easy because they were all producing for huge artists i didn't have to do much other than just make sure their deals were right you try to, to find worry out. about touring all didn't have to worry about there. touring so it was like a beautiful situation but as that slowed down it was really clear to me that like oh i need somebody in la to help. I mean, that's where all the sessions happen. And like, I need, I need that help. So it made sense to me to, to partner with someone. Right. Um, so we also have, we're talking about the management and the lawyer, but I also just want to throw in a tidbit. We don't do the sound part of it. We don't create the music, but it's also important for the artist starting off to lock in with the producer and an engineer. Mm-hmm. You should always have that go-to engineer, that somebody that's 
helping shape your sound. Right. Um, oftentimes, we see people just running around trying to shop for beats and all that. I think it's really important. If we look at development of a lot of artists, they've had that producer or that engineer locked in with them. Yep. You know, we we'll even look at Doja with yep. the Yeti. You know, yep. we have somebody there helping shape the sound. Create may not produce, sound. may not produce every beat, but you need that person there with you. Absolutely. Enough. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it brings up another good point that, like, if you're looking for a manager to help you on a creative level, you better find a right, the right manager. Like, right, right. I, I'm not that guy, right? Like, I don't know how to play. Yeah, that was the most singing I've ever done was last episode. So I mean, like, you've got it in you, though, for sure. Think so? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have you manage watch my career. I got a song on Spotify. Yeah, I'm good. Anyway, so, <laughs> so as I was saying, but like, I mean, that that's a, in my speech with anybody new that I, I work with when I'm talking to them, I'm like, I will listen to anything you give me. I will give you my opinion of it, but I'm not a musician. Right. You know, I'm not the one you should listen to. Like, I have good taste, but, like, that doesn't really amount to right, much, right. you know? Like, yeah, this sounds good, but I don't know if it's in key or not. I'm not yeah. I don't know what it, Yeah, <laughs> or, like, if this is like, what the kids are listening to, you true. know? So it's like, I, I, I think I can, I, can, I can tell if something has potential or not. I think I've gotten to that point. But, like, if you're looking for me to come into the studio with you and be like, oh, you should try it this way, you should try it that way, which some managers do, right? right? That's, that's not me. So it's, you know, it, you've got to find, it's, it's a partnership. You got to find the right the right people for what you need. So yeah, just getting back to understanding that your business, you as an artist, is a startup. Understand how you want your startup to operate, and then start acquiring those pieces to help you fulfill that mission. Yeah. You know. Number one rule, though, if you think that signing with a manager means you've made it, or that you don't have to work as hard, or that you don't have to look for your own opportunities, or or treat it like a job because now somebody's doing it for you. Wrong. Yeah. It's not gonna work. I feel you. Yeah. And it feels like you should have people seeking you out. That lets you know that you're moving and doing the right thing. When you have people reaching out like, hey, do you have a manager? Do you need somebody to help you out? Hey, do you have legal? Do you have that means you're you're making some noise and people are watching. Yeah. If you're always the one looking for that, like, oh, I need another manager, I need this, I need that, then maybe your trajectory isn't aligned with where your vision is right, right. now. So maybe you should you should have people trying to seek after you if, sure. if the time is right. I think so. And I think there's exceptions to every rule, right? Like if you find, you know, a kid that has a voice like, you know, Amy Winehouse, like you know, if you if you got the time and you want to develop, then right, maybe right, right. You, you go after that person. But that's definitely the exception to the rule. Yeah, like I'm working with the artist now on a management level just because I genuinely believe in her. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Kind of feels like an uncle type role where I'm like, yo, I care for this person. Yeah. So I want to see her fulfill her dreams. If it was fashion, if it was she wanted to make chairs, I'd probably still support it. Right. So that's my emotional side to it, but I'm, now I'm just bringing my expertise of legal yeah. to the situation. But that's fear and far between where I'm just going to See That's some, a passion project. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't we, we, you don't have any of those. I, I got some passion. Sure, <laughs> That's a passion project. <laughs> no, your little one though. I'm telling you, the next uh, give it like six years, six uh, seven years. You talking about Willow? Yeah, man. Yeah, she's uh, she broke my heart the other day. She's singing a song. She's got a, uh, my my daughter is three, almost four. She'll be four next month, and she's going to preschool, and she learned a song that it, it's called "It's Still Me Behind My Mask," and it's like. 
you know, it's a upbeat song yeah. and it's like teaching kids that they're still them without the But I was like, man, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, because she's going to remember that song five for years. She and wasn't years. wearing a mask while she was singing it. And I'm like, <laughs> Willow, where did you learn that? She said, at school, you know? And and kids are so resilient. They have no issues with anything, right. you know? And so they don't, just wears a mask now. But she's man, just, yeah. But her voice isn't bad. Tell me, man. Bad. She's going to be nice. Yeah. So getting our managers. Mm-hmm. Or our lawyers first, one A, one B, yeah. either one. Yeah. Um, and then we what we say next week because we I want to get more into the manager because we just had the situation with Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Right. Um, because that gets to are we signing? Yeah, that's what I was paperwork. Say. I think the question is, you find a manager. What do you do? What are the normal terms for a manager? Right. I mean, I think we can get into that a little bit. You know, I, I there are the, the the right way to do it as a lawyer is that you sign a management contract and the management contract is typically two to three years right you know sometimes you'll do like a honeymoon phase where it's like let's try it out for six months and if it works it just automatically renews um but a typical management agreement is going to be two to three years and what i mean what percentage are you seeing these days 15 on the low end 25 on the high end yeah 25 if it's a couple People, if it's like a team yeah. established, they're trying to shoot for twenty five, but anywhere between that fifteen and twenty five. Yeah, I think twenty. Yeah, twenty is probably the the norm. Right. Um, fifteen. Is that a money counter, John? Yes, it is. It was a money <laughs> counter. I wasn't sure what was happening. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a Brinks truck backing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it depends on who the artist is, but um, but yeah, twenty percent is like the norm. Because we talk about other people taking percentages and you want to keep it 30% or, or lower, right. maybe 35 with some exceptions. What was you using with business? You said it should be like 30% of over, overhead should be like 30%. Yeah, 30% is, a, is like a overhead. I mean, that, that's good. If you're, right. if you're only spending 30% on, on overhead, right. you're doing well. So let's try and transition that into music, guys, as, as artists. Think of your, your operation as a business. Your overhead should only be 30%, meaning... Thirty percent of what you make should be going out. You to keep the team. to the team. Yeah, so. yeah, and I mean, you know, that that doesn't count the costs that come out of pocket to build certain things. And artist is going to have to pay for certain things, or manager is going to pay for it and then get reimbursed. But you know, back to the the normal terms for manager, it's two to three years. Um, there isn't usually an automatic termination, right? You know, that if you want to get out of something, you don't automatically have the right to just get out of it because you're not happy. Some managers will do it. Where they'll say, "All right, if it's not working out, either side can can terminate." Um, and then there's typically what's called a sunset clause. Right. You want to walk through what a yeah. So clause? sunset clause is for the, typically they say two to three years after the deal is done. Any brand endorsement songs or anything that was created during that original two year term, you'll still receive a percentage yeah. of that revenue. It won't be the same twenty percent. Sometimes they knock they'll they knock it down the range going from 50%, 25%. So, like, you'll go from 20% to 10% to 5% of the work that you created during that term. Not anything new. Yeah, you got to be careful, right? right. I mean, there's, cer- there's certain ones where it'll say, all right, for the first year, if it's a you know, three-year management agreement, first year they continue to make 20% on everything. You know, then it goes down to 15 then it goes to 10 I've seen crazy contracts where it's a 10-year sunset. Which is just, I mean, it's it's crippling for an artist because the art, it's not like the artist doesn't need another manager right. once they've terminated. So now all of a sudden you're talking about 
original manager is getting 20%. You got a new manager is taking another 20%. Now your overhead just went up double. Right. So it, you got to be careful, you know, and then there's a lot of managers that don't have contracts. Right. That's just a trust thing. Now with the sunset clause, it's both ways on it. I do understand the manager having that in there because there are some right. big deals that they close that last for the next 10 years that yeah. they should probably see a percentage from. Then we also have situations where, like you said, those those deals where it's still 20% later, still 20% 10 years down the line, and now I have to pay my old manager and my new manager. There's not enough money yeah. to go around. But Sunset Clause can work if the manager is getting you a lot of deals and they would like to eat from those deals later on. Yeah. But if it's a relationship that's not really working that you're getting out of, that's when we, sometimes we, we see troubling situations. Yeah, I mean, a perfect example, we had a situation where this guy signed with a management company. Um, the terms were laid out in an email. So there wasn't a sunset. There wasn't real parameters around it. It was just that the manager was taking 25% and 10% publishing, which was, you know, red flag for us, yeah. obviously. These guys didn't know any better. They signed a deal. Why, why is that a red flag? Let's tell the people. Like, why, why is there 10% publishing? Yeah, why, why would that be a I red mean, flag? I mean, why would a manager ever get publishing? Exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah, unless the manager is a, a writer. Yeah, unless your manager is an actual songwriter and is in there creating why with you. They, yeah, why and, should they touch anything like that? And even in that situation, that should be a separate agreement. 100%. That should, that should be some songwriting agreement that you and, and the manager get into. But yeah. those management deals, well, you shouldn't be owning pub. You shouldn't be owning masters. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. get, you're getting a percentage from some of those things, from the revenue that's earned from it. But your actual ownership in those things, you shouldn't. Yeah. Your manager shouldn't have that. That's the other thing. And within a management agreement, it, you know, if, if the manager is taking 20%, it needs to be spelled out what, what is that 20%, what is that 20 comprised of. Because you know, if you're getting a, a recording advance that is meant to be spent on actual recording of an album, that's not revenue to you. That's immediately going out the door. The manager shouldn't eat off of that right. if the recording budget includes a you know in your pocket percentage so let's say the the there's a recording budget advance of a hundred thousand dollars and 30 percent of that goes to the artist just to live off of so 30 grand manager eats off of that 30 grand that's that's typical right. that's normal but like you're not manager doesn't get you know if you're touring it should be what you net not what you gross because if you're a big act and you've got a crew and you've got, you know, you've got lighting and you've got all that kind of stuff, it's expensive. Some of those come back in the red. So That's like, right. So if you're doing a show and it's $100,000, you might have to spend $80,000 to produce that show. So whatever you net, 20000 then your manager should get a percentage of that. So those kind of things you got to be careful about. you got to put those in there. Right. And so going back to this example, these guys that had an email agreement, 25%, the guy did one thing. He found them a publishing deal. It wasn't even a good publishing deal, but he found him a publishing deal. They go on, terminate the deal with him by email, and then this publishing deal winds up getting them a huge commercial placement. Then commercial pay placement pays a lot of money, and now that 25% of that plus 10% publishing is going to this guy who just made one introduction three years ago. So it's you know you, you just you don't know what you're yeah. and you, you know, can see how that gonna bring. you can see how that sets up this predatory nature Absolutely. in music where it's like I can middleman a situation and be set for life and I really didn't do much for this like I that aspect is what creeps me out in the industry because there's so many people that 
jump on that. Where yeah. like I see a young, naive, talented artist. Yep. And I know a couple people over here at this label. Yep. So even though I'm not gonna do much work for the artist, I'm right. gonna just knock on the door and say, "Hey, Josh, she's gonna listen." Yeah, to this. I play softball I, with a guy who works for <laughs> Warner, so you know I'm connected. And then you, you find an artist and make one introduction, and right. yeah, you might be making 25 percent off of that guy for you know a long time. Yeah, people are like yeah, I, I sell weed to this guy, and I'm gonna yep. Go over there, like, no, I don't. That's, nah, not, that's, that's not gonna work for me. <laughs> the age old story, right? the weed man. But I feel like um, it's not that uncommon to not have management agreements, right? Because a lot of times you're starting out with a friend, right? Or you're starting off with um, somebody who you trust or whatever, and you just sort of have parameters in in an email form or just sort of a handshake type right. of deal. Those can work, you know, if everybody's honest. Even if you're at that point and you're like, man, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have a long form agreement. At least get the percentages in an email. At least say, all right, well, how much are you taking? What are you taking? And what are you taking? And is there a sunset if we want to terminate? Because if you're if you're in a, the, the advantage of b- being in a handshake deal is there's no deal. So if you want to terminate, you don't have to look at what the contract says. You just fire your manager. Right. So it's a risk to the manager as well. But you know the disadvantage is the manager's not doing anything. You know they can come after you and say, "Hey, we've got an email, and I'm your manager, you and you me. just signed. I get twenty five percent of this, and there was never a termination." So because there are good there are good relationships, right? With without the the contract being signed, but then we run into like the Carrie Underwood situation where yeah. she didn't have a paper. She didn't have any paperwork with her management. Management is now suing her, saying you owe me one point four million. Yeah, and, and, and back uh, revenue. So it's like now we're in a tricky situation because there is no paperwork, and it's odd because it's not just a manager; it's a whole company, Starstruck Entertainment. Yeah. So that's what threw me a little bit that a management company like that wouldn't have paperwork. Didn't it, didn't this just happen with Kelly Clarkson too, where it was her ex husband who was her manager? Are we mixing up? Are we mixing up our American Idol? American Idol. I could have swore it was. We're gonna have to fact check that. But I mean, this 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 happens all the time with man. I mean, there was a huge lawsuit between Troy Carter and Lady Gaga. Troy Carter seen as the super manager who like created her career. Well, they were suing each other after they terminated because they didn't have paperwork. So I mean, it's a pretty common situation where something goes wrong. You break up with your manager. There's gonna be, there's unless it's crystal clear and your business manager has kept great records of everything. There's gonna be some sort of dispute. So you know, I mean, as as a lawyer, full belt and suspenders answer is get it, get a, a contract. Yeah. So uh, glad you called me out on that. I had my American Idols mixed up. I was right. Yeah, it was it was Kelly Clarkson, not Carrie Underwood. Been gone. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That might be your 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 track that you go with. Yeah. So yeah, Kelly Clarkson. It was it was her ex husband, her ex husband, right in his company. Yeah, well, it was a family company too. Okay, so it was the father and the son worked. Yeah, so now you're dealing with a divorce. So that that adds more to the article when it's like, okay, now they're suing and there's a divorce. It's that's when it's like more than business almost. Yeah. But I've seen situations where there is paperwork. And things get super messy. Things without paperwork, things get messy. It's really a relationship-based thing. It like, is. 
How do you work with those people? Um, I'm a big component on honoring your contracts, making sure you stick through your contracts and do yeah. them, but also making sure before that contract is signed that those terms fit how you want to move. For sure. And I mean, I, it, you know, again, it goes back to who you're partnering with. And, you know, success changes people, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be your best friend, and then all of a sudden things get weird when money's involved. I mean, I think that goes, that's true with everything, not just music. But I think, like, from from my perspective, I have certain artists that we manage that we have contracts with and certain artists that we don't. And if I'm in a situation where someone doesn't want to work with me anymore, uh, I'm good. Like, I don't want to work with them either. Right. You know, and so I haven't ever had a situation where it's like, well, I wish I had a contract because now I got to go after them for money that's owed. You know, it's been mutual, you know, wish each other luck. And so you're, you're saying surround reasons. yourself with good people. Good people, right? I think that's, we, that, that's important too. We didn't put that in when it comes <laughs> to team building. Make sure you're working with good people. Yes, they may be the greatest lawyer, the greatest manager, but do they care about you? Right. Are they genuine people? What is their moral background? What I'm are the honest. ethics like? Yeah. yeah, how do they operate? Yeah. Like, super important. I yeah. wouldn't consider myself the greatest lawyer in the world, but I connect with all of my artists. Absolutely. Like, you I care. I mean, I think yeah, that's the like, biggest thing that I've heard is that like it's just nice that you care about what's going on because a lot of times it's just a number game and it's just, right, right. you know, try to get as many clients as you possibly can and, you know, push the paper across the desk and that that's kind of it. Yeah, I think we both care. We're here doing lawyers for God, musicians. We are the best people. Right? Don cares too. Don super cares. I care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I feel like people out there have a good understanding what they should be doing when looking for management now. Um, Hopefully, they're still creating, working with those producers and engineers, getting their sound right. Don't put yourself on the same trajectory as other artists. Don't look at some other artists and say, now you can emulate and want to achieve those goals, but don't say, okay, Meg did this in one year. Chance did this in six months. Doja did this in two years. This is how fast I got to do it or else it's not going to work. Everybody has their own season. When you say success or what is... Being successful, that's the definition you have to apply to yourself. You can't base your success off someone else because then you'll just be chasing someone else's dream. Yeah, You might not be the pop star. You might not be having number one hits, but you may be independent and making 100000 a month. Yeah. Like it's, it's, all, it's all relative to how you want to be in the exactly. industry. Oh. That, was, that was a beautiful summary. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Man, this has been a good episode. Every episode. Well, we've had some average. The the very first one we did with the two snowball mics. (laughs) Classic. That was a classic. We talked, Don, we talked for a good hour. When we played it back, all we heard was Josh's voice. (laughs) And then then me humming in the background. That was pre-Don. Yeah, so shout out to Don. Exactly. Get a good engineer. Yeah, man. You know? Uh, So we had a little news. We had people getting mad at Cube, Ice Cube. Right. Uh, yeah, he, uh, we'll say back in June, came out with this article, Contract with Black America. Um, and he presented it to both parties, the Democrats, Republicans, stating, if you want the black vote, these are some of the parameters or some of the, the ideas that we want to see executed. Mm-hmm. Democrats said, well, wait until after the election to deal with this. 
Republicans took his call. Um, don't know the extent of that call, but they used some of the notes from that for uh, their platinum plan that they're releasing for Black America. Okay. As soon as that came out, the cancel culture said, Ice Cube, you're a sellout. You should not be talking to that man at all. Because it We're was done with the Republicans. Yeah, right? More specifically, I think it's Trump, not sure. just the Republicans. Yeah. But they're like, talk to him, you got to get out of here. Yeah. So now everybody's mad at uh, Mr. Fuck the Police, Mr. N.W.A., and calling him a sellout. Yeah. Ice Cube's, he, I mean, he's had some other missteps. Yeah, which we all have. Right. In, in per, yeah. yeah. And, and, but he's a public figure, so they're under a microscope. Right. And I think, yeah, like, you know, you got to look at the intent behind what he was trying to do. Right. And then to just cancel him because he's somehow associated with, with Trump. And trying to do something positive is also what right. his intent was. Um, I know we've talked off mic about cancel culture a little bit, yeah. but it's just a weird thing where it's like, we're getting rid of this person. And looking at like the cancel counter, I like to every now and then to see who's on there. It's very relative to how the criminal justice system works, where it's disproportionate to see African-American males on that cancel side of things. It's true. You know? So as soon as people came out on Ice Cube, I was just like, I can't see myself canceling another black man unless they're out here abusing kids, abusing women, committing crimes, doing something like that of that nature. Yeah. I'm just like, no, nah, I can't go. Then I'm reading more into it. I'm like, okay, he made an honest attempt at something. Yeah. May have, may have made missteps, but we're not going to get take all our anger out on this person when that's not where we should be directing our energy. Right. You know, we tell everyone to vote. But then we get mad when they say who they're voting for. Exactly. You know, if our message is to vote for a certain person, that's what you should say then. Yeah. Don't tell everybody to just vote and then get mad when they make a decision that's different from yours. You know, I'm not saying anyone's wrong or right. My perspective is I just don't want to take my, take my positive energy that I normally like to carry myself with, turn it into negative energy, start pointing at people that yeah. aren't my enemies. You yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a waste. I think it's, a, it's, like you said, it's a waste of energy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much energy really goes into Twitter, you know? Right, <laughs> it's right. It's like, but it, it consumes so much. It consumes, it, it becomes news. It's, a, you know, it's, it's exhausting if you're, if you're part of it, if it's happened to you or somebody you work with. It's right, just, right. it's exhausting. And then you look at it and you're like, who are these people posting this? And like, are they even real people? Is it yeah. just bots? Is it one guy? Is it somebody in China? Like, what is actually happening? And does anybody care? And I think that the one thing Trump has done, not a, this is not a positive, but it's like, he's the man who said he could go shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and nobody cared. Fifth Avenue, Times Square, wherever. Somebody said he right, could right, shoot right. someone and no one cared. And that, I think that is the case. for a lot. Like, you can get canceled one day and then you're back the next day. You can say some. I mean, it just. What does being canceled even mean? Like, right, I right. just don't understand it. It's dumb. It it goes into bullying. It's just. It's just. Yeah, worthless. definitely. In a lot of cases, it definitely turns into this bullying and online assault. Right. Like this where it's anonymous just like, <laughs> assault, where it's like most people are not going to go up to Ice Cube and say any of this stuff. To right. Them. Like we we should be looking to to change and to to grow with people. And um, rehabilitate. Yeah, you know, if if someone is really bad or, or needs a change, rehabilitation over 
but just straight cash rising and just throwing them away. Like, no, let's let's talk to the people, understand their perspective, let's see what's going on, and just try and build something. Yeah. Let's build unity off of this as opposed to, yo, I hate you, I never want to see you again. And then to your strong point, man, a lot of these people aren't even real people. Dude, and, and it's like if you see someone say that, like, oh, you're canceled. So, again, it's, you know, Doja had, an, had, had this happen. She's been canceled, quote-unquote, like, I don't know, 10 times now, it seems like. And it's mostly, like, 14-year-old boys, right, right, who have nothing to do, especially during a pandemic, and they just go online and they post stupid shit. Like, that's what they do. But they're still following her. And they're still commenting and engaging and listening to her music. Like, it just doesn't so matter at all. It matters with respect to brands because brands that are watching that are going to be afraid of doing certain things. Well, they don't want any controversy attached to them because they don't want to be canceled. Right. And sometimes brands deserve to be. It's just, it's just crazy to me that, like, Twitter has that much power. It's so weird. That for, like the... 14-year-old white kid saying, yo, Ice Cube is a sellout. Right. I can't believe that. And I'm looking at the picture like, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> Dude, they know, you know what they know Ice Cube from? Like, Are we there yet? Co- not even, yeah, not even a college road trip movie or something. Uh, ride Along. Ri- not even not even Friday or next Friday no. or Friday after next. Three of the greatest movies of all time. No. We'll get inside another podcast. They know from like the big three and Ride Along. Like, come on, man. Take it easy. Yeah. My like, kids are not going on Twitter ever. Really? Yeah. Bring them, yeah. Who cares about Twitter? Right. Clubhouse is the new wave. Okay. Um, IG is still pretty fake. Yeah. Everybody's posting these weird pictures, manipulated pictures. I just saw a new image. They have, uh, it looks like a private jet, but it's Oh, just, yeah, it's just the inside. Yeah, it's just a studio yeah. space and people. <laughs> Line up to take pictures there. Just yeah, to man. be an influencer. Well, you can make money as an influencer, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying awesome. to learn it. Yeah, you got to get your your um, followers up. Yeah, my my wife is an influencer. She's yeah, well, your wife's a real deal. Yeah, she's doing her thing over there. And like I said last time, stop being nasty, brands. Right. right? If you're gonna reach out to get things done, do it the right way. Do it the right way, and don't try and come with this. You're the black girl. We need a black girl moment. We need to put some black people up here. Nah, it's that's not that's work. not how this goes. Like, yeah. I understand you feel hurt that your forefathers may have engaged in some <laughs> scrupulous business, mm. but that is not my problem. No. You have to treat us with respect. Yeah. And I stand on that as a lawyer for people that get brand deals. Yeah. I'm not going to be here for any of the malarkey anymore. <laughs> Good use of malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of socials, uh, and so we need, you know, we, we feel like we're we're adding to society in a positive way. We want more people to right. follow us. What are what are our handles at this point? Lawyers for musicians on IG. On IG, um, and also when I'm going, we're going to start doing. Ask your questions. Just hashtag ask L4M. Okay. If you just hashtag the question, like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Yeah. We'll find, I'll, I'll search the hashtags and L find the it. number four yeah. M. So ask L the number four M. So ask L for M. Yeah. We have a website. We have lawyerformusicians.com too, right. which is a blog that I started in like, I don't know, 1974. 
Um, Still has some good content on no, there. No, there's really good content on there that we don't add to as much as we should. But there's contact info on there and stuff. And, right. Yeah. We're always here. We, we, if you find us, reach out. Um, don't hit us with those. The question of, hey, mm-hmm. I got one song. I need a manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already said how that's Yeah, go. Josh yeah. may end up deleting that. So, yeah. But reach out with your questions. We're always here to try and help the artistic community become stronger and more educated in their field so that they become better artists and we can have more positive art out here. Um, True. Episode 21, we're now legal. Feels good. How you feel? I feel great. Awesome. Don, how you feeling? Feeling awesome. Sweet. Until next time, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, share, post, do all that stuff. Tell a friend, please. Uh, we want to retire one day and just be podcasters. So the <laughs> only way we can do that is if we get Man, to. we got a lot of work to yeah, do. we got a lot of work to go. <laughs> but hey, uh, until next time, guys, we love you. Peace.